1: only from rustolium
3: everyone, it's Matilda and Helena from MediaStorm and today we're bringing you some bonus content on the topic of polyamory. Last week on MediaStorm, we spoke about how a lack of legal protection affects polyamorous people and how relationships outside of monogamy are portrayed in the news. If you haven't heard it yet, just head over to our feed. This week, we're continuing the conversation with our special guest, Leanne Yao, who can be found online at Polyphilia.
4: Now people are trying a little bit harder to include like polyamorous people like for real
3: um, in the media. We're discussing polyamory and pop culture. So how does TV, film and the wider media shape our views of polyamory? Helena, take it away.
0: I remember in an early series of Friends where Chandler meets this woman called Aurora and he goes on a date with her. And then on the date, she casually discloses that she's married and that she has a boyfriend. But what is so incredibly interesting about this is that all the other friends pretty much react with like a mild form of disgust or like, or definitely they react with shock.
2: Ethan is my boyfriend. What? What? (laughs)
3: Except for doesn't, is it Ross or Joey, go, man, this is the dream.
2: Right,
0: so then Chandler says, oh, this is every man's dream. Like, you get to have sex with somebody but have none of the
3: emotional parts.
1: I mean, this is twisted. How could you get involved with a woman like this? Well, you know, I had some trouble with it at
3: first, too, but the way I look at it is I get all the good stuff, all the fun, all the talking, all the (laughs) sex, and and none of the responsibility. This is
0: every guy's fence? And then, like, he kind of realises that, like, he needs those parts and he doesn't want to share and and then he breaks up with her. But looking back on it, I think like what sticks out the most as much as the friend's reactions to it is that Aurora is portrayed as like very sexy and very sexual.
3: So explain something to me here. Um, What kind of relationship do you imagine us having if you already have a husband and a boyfriend?
0: I suppose mainly sexual. And then when Chandler finds out that she has other partners, he only, he has actually only ever considered her for sex. He hasn't actually tried to have any of the emotional connection. And that was one of, I think, the earliest... Forms of any kind of polyamorous character I saw on TV, and That's I just so thought shocked, yeah. horror. I mean, there
3: are ten seasons of Friends, and a lot of scope for exploring all sorts <laughs> of relationships, which you know they do. But yeah. that is what we see of polyamory: it's five minutes of oh great, loads of sex, no emotional commitment. And, oh no, I'm jealous and yeah. cuckolded. That doesn't work. Yeah, and That's
0: also no people of color in New York. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, I I would say like just growing up i probably saw a lot more examples of just love triangles
3: what if you change your mind again
4: i won't
1: you just did i
0: didn't change my mind
3: you two slept together that is off some look i'd be lying if i said i didn't have feelings for you for someone else and you know who that is sometimes in life we hit a crossroads and are forced to choose which path we want to take
4: you know main character has like two love interests and then uh like discovers one has a super fatal flaw towards the end and so picks the other one you know I think um you know so many of those rom-coms exist and it's always like oh yeah like it's a choice and it's just like wait and, you know couldn't you just come to some arrangement <laughs> like I don't know like <laughs> did you have to wait for one of them to like massively fuck up like to pick the other one I don't know it never made any sense we could also look
3: at reality tv because oh like, my god I have so much to say
4: about it so I recently watched this reality tv show called the ultimatum because my followers um were begging me to watch it and to get my reaction (laughs) um and basically the premise of the ultimatum is that like there are all these there are these couples who have been together for like a reasonable amount of time and one of them wants to get married like asap and the other one doesn't ultimatum
2: i want a ring on this finger one partner is ready to get married and the other isn't sure you'll each choose a new partner you'll move in together for three weeks at the end of this experience.
1: You guys
3: will have to choose to marry the person you've arrived here with or to split forever.
4: You have to make a choice to marry the new person who you have <laughs> known for three weeks, marry the person you came onto the show with, but have already technically cheated on them with, or leave the show alone.
3: And it's genuinely the most batshit thing like I've ever seen. Sorry
0: about my snort laugh just there.
3: <laughs> the human mind is the wonderful thing. I mean, it's
4: it was genuinely just like I I think it really like perverted the concept of polyamory, right? Because what these people were doing was essentially like, yeah, like a very unethical kind of form of polyamory. They also like created so much drama where like everyone was going on dates like in the same room. So like you could either choose to like focus on the new person that you were speaking to and try and form a connection with them to see if you could live together for the next three weeks or peep a corner of the eye your potential fiance like flirting with someone new. And it was genuinely just like, it blew my mind. Did
3: anyone marry the new partner of three weeks? Uh,
4: Yeah, like people. some people got... With, like, their new partner, some people ran back to their existing partner as soon as they could. I mean, at
3: the end of that process, you probably just got people who are now in love with two people. Yeah, and, and traumatized. And ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah, destined for trauma. But yeah. actually,
0: so many of these shows, like, Love Island, uh, Married at Sight, The Bachelor, Temptation Island, like, the ultimate reward mm. is monogamy. Mm-hmm. And that is... To coin your phrase, batshit.
4: <laughs> yeah, and it's also like you know, marriage is not the end goal. Like, I mean, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be right. Like these young women, like on this show, who are like, if he doesn't put a ring on it, it doesn't mean anything. And it's like, <laughs> wh- why are you thinking like this? Like, you've been together for like three or four years, and just because you know they're not ready to like kind of like sign some documents with you, like suddenly your relationship means nothing. There's a concept in the polyamorous community called the relationship escalator. It was coined by someone called Amy Gowran, who runs solopoly.net. Um, huge props to her. So the relationship escalator is like this concept where there's like this kind of designated progression of a relationship, right? You date and then you become exclusive. And then at some point you like move in together or get married. And then uh, and then you have kids and then you have an old you know, white picket fence and you you know stay together until you die. And, you know, basically it's the relationship escalator. Uh, not the relationship stairs or the relationship ladder because it's effortless, it's almost unconscious. You know, you feel like you're just kind of supposed to and you're kind of swept along in the throng of like everyone else who's doing the same thing. Um, And, you know, I think the ultimatum encapsulated that to, you know, a huge extent because people were obsessed with the concept of marriage, obsessed with the concept of, you know, like becoming like legally bound to like affirm the validity of their relationship and ignoring, you know, and willing to throw everything away like for this one thing. And I think um, all of us really, you know, would do better to divest ourselves from, you know, associating like love with marriage or love with monogamy, um, because yeah, like I, I do think it is destroying us all.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's so normalized. It is so so normalized. I, I I think some representations of polyamory on reality television have got slightly better potentially. <clears throat> I'm interested in what you think about Channel 4's They recently had a reality show called Open House, The Great Sex Experiment. Mm -hmm. Um, If you haven't seen this show, monogamous couples come to a luxury retreat to test whether opening up their relationships and having sex with other people will strengthen their bond. Under the guide of a psychologist and a sex and an intimacy coach, they speak about how opening up their relationship makes them feel. In a way, it could be said that this show was good for people to see poly-curious couples exploring. But there's also, I imagine there were huge downsides because, I mean, the name of the show, for one, The Great Sex Experiment, once Mm -hmm. again, just linking polyamory to sex, Mm -hmm. right?
4: Uh, So I do think that open house, like, primarily focused on kind of sexually open relationships rather than polyamorous ones. Um, so you know in that sense like I don't think it was uh, like a misnomer to call it the great sex experiment you know I I actually enjoyed the show like I thought it was I, I thought I thought it was pretty good you know having the psychologist to guide the couples like through you know like navigating the treacherous waters of opening up a long-term monogamous relationship um, was really instrumental in making the show good because it showed that you know it wasn't like the ultimatum or like whatever other kind of Netflix you know reality TV shows you've seen where you know you just put a bunch of traumatized chaotic people in a room and just see <laughs> what happens um you know like the the people on the show were really invested in the long-term success of these couples you know, the long term sustainability of like their open relationships in terms of like whether they were ready to, whether they were doing it for the right reasons, you know, how, whether they were like communicating effectively and setting boundaries effectively. And, you know, I liked that at the end, like they also showed, you know, like whether the couples like went on to like continue practicing open relationships um, and, you know, how they fared like afterwards. Um Obviously it had its flaws. Like I think that there could have been more like you know queer couples on the show like they were, they were mainly just like mf couples um and i would have liked to see more diversity there you know gender or kind of race wise um and i also thought it was a bit strange that essentially they hired a bunch of people to like essentially be a unicorn market for these couples to like hunt a person to have a threesome with from um and i don't think that was a particularly great introduction for them to kind of step into the real dating world which is very much not like that But yeah, I think the way they explained it, the way they helped the couples, you know, on their journey, the way they like talked through their feelings, you know, in the aftermath, if there was like a rupture or conflict, um, I I thought it was actually quite good. I I thought it was very sensitively portrayed in that
0: sense. So it can get better. Mm, Reality TV, you can be better. Another
4: surprising bit of representation was um, the Gossip Girl reboot. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I was the last show that I expected this. Oh from. my god! Yeah, but the Gossip Girl reboot, like season one, there is like a like a polyamorous triad. But instead of you know one man with two bisexual women, it's one woman with two bisexual men. So firstly, bisexual male representation on screen—you yes, rarely see that. But also, that. like it was—I mean you know, how they got together was a little bit chaotic, but like, the, but you know, it's Gossip Girl. It, yeah. It's yeah, gossip. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I thought, but I actually thought it was how they, how, you know, how it ends and, you know, how they resolve like their differences, like was really adorable. Wow.
3: I mean, it's not going to be Gossip Girl here, a really functional and non-exciting triad relationship. <laughs> End also, of episode. Can I
0: just say that this is the second week in a row that Gossip Girl has come up in our recording? Because remember we were talking about Dorota from Gossip Girl oh. last week. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about uh, representations of Eastern European people in pop culture yesterday and oh. um, last week, and we were talking about Dorota. Apparently we're just sponsored by Gossip Girl now.
3: <laughs> what, anyway. do, what does the exploitation of Eastern Europeans and polyamory have in common <laughs> Gossip Girl. Thank you for
0: listening. Have you heard the latest episode of the Guilty Feminist Culture Club with the amazing Juliet Stevenson talking about the doctor, which is in the West End now? Plus, the next episode of Media Storm on menopause and the tough combo of ageism and sexism will be out next week on Thursday, the 24th of November.
1: See you then. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card.
3: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.